0: running with Maverick and Wolfman. Welcome back, guys. Today is our 10th episode.
1: It was parent-teacher night, yeah. so I get there, and I run into my buddy, and he says, are you that guy with that podcast? I was like, yeah, I'm that guy with the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Tim. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, welcome.
2: Oh, thanks for inviting me.
0: I want to start off by asking you, what's your fastest mile time?
2: 4.28. I never had a whole lot of speed. That was the Millersville miles.
0: Now, how did you get into running? Because you didn't run for a team, correct?
2: I did in high school. I ran all four years, cross country, indoor, outdoor. My older brother had started running in junior high, which in my world was seventh and eighth grade freshman year, you're no longer you're not junior high, that's high school. I was pretty much the slowest kid on our team. I think my my PR in high school for a mile was 5'12. And at that time in suburban Philadelphia, I mean, you had to run in the 430s to win a dual meet. Wow. My junior year we won states. Our two mile relay had the second fastest time in the country that year. That was 1977. So that a couple was years ago, another time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it was a it was a tough tough area to race in, basically. Yeah, it
2: was the Chestmont League, so Chester and Montgomery County.
0: So you dropped quite a bit of time then.
2: Didn't mature until I was in college. When I graduated high school, I was probably about five five, one twenty five, and and when I was racing well. I weighed about one hundred and fifty. Now I'm a little bit more than that. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> now remind me. So when you went to college, you went to Temple.
2: I went to Temple. You know, coming out of high school, I didn't think I had any you know hopes of running in college. Probably by my junior year, I I could have walked on and been like a you know scrub runner at Temple Temple. Especially at that time, wasn't exactly a powerhouse Division One program for for middle or long distances,
0: right? And what were you down to in your five K?
2: My PR was a TAC certified course. That was before USATF it was like fifteen, sixteen, I think.
0: That's good. Nice, very good. good but you got a lot quicker over the years.
2: I did. I got involved in the local running seen and you know got with a a group that I ran with I never really considered myself to be training I just a recreational runner I would go out and run never ran like any formal workouts or anything periodically very infrequently If I would meet up with guys and they would say oh we're going to the track I would go and do whatever they were doing but I just went out and ran pretty much seven days a week. So, so, so I, I sort of break the mold of conventional, um, the conventional school of thought in today's world where, you know, you should have hard and easy days and, you know, this is a workout day and then I'm going to have a an easy day. I just went out and ran. But I came up in a time where high mileage was the thing, like in high school and, you know, you were supposed to be running a lot, you ran. And that's my history.
0: Imagine how fast you could run if you were in today's training model.
2: I often thought that. I wonder what back in the day I could have done if I had trained or been with a team. Yeah, because I I raced everything from a mile to marathon. I always say I never ran a, a decent marathon, but slowest was my first one, 3.02. And then my second one was 2.49, and that was my fastest which my times it shorter us, it never translated. I always tell the story that year, so 1987 in the fall at the Strider's 20K. There was a runner back then, Mike Cohane, and we both ran like 107 low. He beat me by like eight seconds or something. And he went to New York that year. I went to Marine Corps, and at that time, New York and Marine Corps were like the same weekend or a week apart. He ran 229, I ran 249. So that's why I say my times at shorter distances don't translate. <laughs> sure. Because he ran 20 minutes faster, like coming off the same 20K. You
0: just never know.
2: Yeah, probably because I I've, I've walked in every marathon I ran. So.
0: How much did you have to walk?
2: I, I would usually run the first 20, like under two hours and then like struggle the last 10 K now the last 10 K is, I think a lot of people think say it's the toughest, but like my two forty nine, if I recall, and that was a lot of years ago, but I think my last 10 K was like a 56 minute 10 K. Like I was well under two hours at 20 and then ran a 56 minute 10 K.
0: Sounds like you had a lot of room for improvement. If you, kept up with
2: it yeah but you know once again I always consider myself just a recreational runner I was just living my life and going out and running and it it was my social outlet and I enjoyed competing in those years you could race every weekend you would run two races some weekends
0: wolfman did you ever walk during a marathon
1: uh definitely some of these later ones yes (laughs) all
0: right I don't know I haven't run one so I'm just trying to figure this all out
2: Yeah, I ran in 86, 87, 89, 90, and 91. When I was 31, that was my last marathon in 91.
1: They were all the Marine Corps? My
2: last one was New York. Oh, okay. So I I ran like 302, 249, 252, 257, 255, or something like that. Awesome.
0: Good times. Especially, like you said, since you're recreational, not really.
2: Well, I never felt like I was really prepared for a marathon. Like I would just do my normal thing and like add a long run. So it was like I didn't really increase mileage a whole lot except adding a long run on a weekend or whatever.
0: What would you say was your best race you ever ran in?
2: Like a specific race or, or distance? What, what
0: do you... uh, Either.
2: There was a, a race they called the Legal Runaround. They only had it a couple years. The Bar Association ran it. And I always swore it was short, but they claimed they will measured it like multiple times and that it was a true five miles. I ran 25.06. Now that was in, it was in the fall right before the marathon. So I had, you know, some miles. And I think my body fat at that time has taken at the, VA Medical Center, Kinesiology Department, <laughs> was under 10%, plus or minus 5%. So I was lean, I was fit. And so maybe I did run that fast, but i <laughs> that's one of the course records that I still have because the race no longer exists and no one ran faster than me.
0: Well, that that's a forever it's record. A, <laughs>
2: it's a forever record. Several of those out there. There's NPW. 5k the course record and i even said in the paper a few times i always felt like i recognized that i was a good local runner quotes in the paper like well the only reason i won today is because there was no one here that could beat me because i (laughs) there were like thousands and thousands of people out there that could run faster than me but (laughs) they weren't there that's why i won
0: (laughs) yeah that's funny what would you say was your worst race of all time?
2: Worst race. Um I don't there's only one race that I've ever dropped out of, and that was the Keystone State Games. But I, I had been sick the week before and tried to run and then so I dropped out. So that was a bad race. And my first marathon was probably the most painful. One of my buddies was actually running backwards, like (laughs) encouraging me to, you know, come on, Tim. But I still, I mean, I still ran 302, which I guess is a respectable time that in some people's eyes. At that time, I think the thing was that, you know, 1% of the population has run a marathon. And of that 1%, 1% of the people have run under three hours.
1: Wow.
0: All right, here it is. This one's for Wolfman cuz he loves this question. What is the weirdest thing you ever ate on a run? <laughs>
2: <sighs> the weirdest thing I ever ate on a run. Um well, I ran in the years where fueling wasn't a thing. So, like in training and stuff and even like in in a marathon, I never ate anything. You would just drink. And Even in training, we you know one of our long runs, I would meet up with a friend and we would run, and we would stop once in twenty miles. We would drink once. So I would like try to practice taking in fluid because I knew in the marathon you you're supposed to drink. And but really, I don't know that I ate in runs. (laughs) (laughs) But now in more recent years, since I've been cycling, there was a ride we rode into New York and then stopped at a pancake breakfast like partway through. So you know, people don't think of eating a pancake breakfast partway through a 60 or <laughs> some mile run ride. But
0: <laughs> well they do now. Okay. So when did you convert to cycling?
2: Well I raced from like 86 until ninety-nine and then didn't run again and then I made a little come back in like two thousand six, two thousand seven. And was actually second in the Striders triple crown at that, you know, I was like 46, 47 years old, but wasn't happy with how I was running. So just like stopped again. So probably about then, like 2007 ish, I think I started riding because I thought, well, my wife had gotten into cycling because she couldn't run anymore. She was headed to her first of two hip replacements. So she was riding and I thought, well, I'll start to ride too. So I've been doing that since then. And when the pandemic hit, I I rode every day in 2020, 2021, until June of 2022. I had to take a day off because we were flying to Scotland this year. I'm really slack, and I probably have taken 10 days off. But I try to ride every day at least 30 miles. Wow. That's great. That's wild. Did you ever do a run streak? My, my 63-year-old knees are starting to bug me. but. <laughs>
1: Have you ever done a running streak? Not streaking. No running
2: streak. <laughs> Not really. Back in the day, I would, for the most part, run every day, but I didn't like keep track of. I would go out like run Marine Corps and then get up the next morning and go run the towpath, you know, in in DC. That wasn't a thing. Taking days off to recuperate, <laughs> at least in my book. <laughs>
0: Now, I think they recommend what five to seven days off after a marathon,
1: uh something like that, but I, I've done the same thing. I used to take time off afterwards, and more recently, I'll run the it's day, quite a easy. Two like, days later. Yeah. yeah, just an easy run
2: just to you know keep moving and I always even though I had some success locally running, i always I never was confident like I would always feel like you know there was someone coming there was i I remember there was a race down in Beaver Meadows that I won a a couple of times. One year I won by like over a minute and I like was running scared the whole race thinking someone was coming up on me and like even training, thinking, oh, you know, people, people see me, they think I'm, oh, I'm probably look like I'm slow. And like, I don't know why I've, I always had that like thought negative thinking in my head, but
1: I know what you mean though. I think it's sometimes I think it's natural to think that. I'll run at odd times just because I ah like, oh, there's gonna to be too many people in this area and yeah. they don't need to see this. Like when, if
2: I if I try <laughs> to make a little comeback, I'll like run after dark so no one yeah. sees me.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> and now I did actually. I signed up for this Couch to 5K. It was only three days a week. Those were the only days I was running, and I was still riding every day, and not having run in over 10 years, and I only know one way to run. So I would go out and run hard (laughs) until I couldn't run, it, and then walk, run, walk, run, walk. I ultimately just bagged the whole idea. Decided I wasn't, unless I wanted to stop cycling and focus on running, I'm too impatient. But even with walk running at my age, I was able to get to eight something per mile average walking and running so when i was running i was moving along but i can't sustain that and i said if i can't run under 19 and hopefully under 18 i don't you know i'm not gonna it's not a race because i have sick thinking <laughs> i always say i don't want to compete with the other 63 year olds i i want to compete when i was running those couple years at like 46 47 i ran 16 21 and I figured, well, my PR was 14-something. So now, this many years later, I should you know, add another couple minutes on that. I should be able to run at least 18 mids. Or, but I don't know. That's not realistic, probably. But that's the way I think.
0: You mentioned your knees hurting. How were your knees in your 40s when you were running?
2: Okay. I, I had some hamstring issues because in all my years of running, I never stretched. I mean, in, in high school, you know, you do the goofy stuff with the team, like the bobbing hamstring stretches and stuff. But I have never been good at stretching. One year after the 20K, there was a chiropractor there doing like massages or whatever. So I got on the table and he was like he, talking to me and said, you know, ask me what I ran. And I, I told him, he said, there's no way you could run that fast. You're too tight. <laughs> and I said, well, I do. And he, thank you. So I've always had hamstring issues. So when I made that, tried to make that little comeback, I started to get like pain from a hamstring and my knees don't, don't bother me on the bike. So that's the most important thing. But I just have like patellar tendon pain going down steps. That's
0: what. So it's interesting because there's kind of controversy over stretching versus not stretching and
2: when to stretch and, you know, dynamic.
0: The, yeah. Right. So I'm. I think it's based on the individual, but I usually advocate at least some stretching before and after. Wolfman, I know, doesn't, doesn't care for it too much. but uh, it,
1: If something's a little sore, I might stretch it out. But I I think the dynamic stuff and just the strengthening takes care of it.
0: Supposedly, the the tightness that you're getting is actually good for you to run faster, supposedly.
1: Right. It's all about knee lift. <laughs> what did they tell us in school? There's a there's an optimal length. If it's too loose, is just as bad as being too tight.
0: Yeah, I think once again, the individual comes into play. So if you looked at Tim back in the 80s, you might have said, well, we definitely want to work on the hamstring because that's a potential issue. But your gastrocs are good. Quads are good. That's okay to be a little tight there. Keep running. And we'll just add a little stretching in after. Running or something.
2: In those years, in my twenties and thirties, you're invincible. You can you just beat yourself up and you just keep going. I never had an injury that kept me from running. I would have like little like tweaks, but I would just you just run through it. And I was a kid.
0: Speaking of that, I remember I never had any major injuries in cross country track, but I do remember one time I was running around the track doing a workout, and I lost two spikes on the inside of my right spike. And I was like, well, it, it doesn't hurt that bad. I'll just keep doing it. And it's not going to be that big of a deal. I just keep finishing the workout. So I ran the rest of the workout and I got done. I was like, wow, the inside of my cap is feeling a little tender. That's, that's not too good. The next day I got up, I could barely walk on it. It was so inflamed and irritated. And remember I go to the athletic trainer. I'd never been to the trainer in my life. And then I go, listen, I lost two spikes. It's inflamed. What kind of magic do you have so I can get back to running today? And they're like, well, let's put some heat on it. And I'm like, really? Right. That's what you want to do? You want to put heat on it? It's inflamed. They're like, yeah, no, let's put heat on it. I'm like, all right, whatever. These are the experts. So I put heat on it. Um, it felt it's great. It made it worse. <laughs> well, initially, it felt great. I was like, okay, yeah, I could, I could probably get by running. So I go out. I run like a quarter mile. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's 10 times worse. I, I can barely move now. And uh, I go back to him and I said, listen, I tried it. I can't run. What else you got? They're like, well, that's pretty much it. If you can't figure it out, that's all we got. (laughs) So I took the day off and literally just one day off with being the age that I was, I was good to go the next day. It's crazy that is. Nowadays, I'd be out for like a week.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it takes longer. The the older you get, the longer it takes to bounce back from things.
0: I'm just figuring that out now. (laughs)
2: So you're asking me the strangest thing that I ever ate on a run. I want to tell you the story. the strangest thing that has happened to me on the bike okay. is that last September eighteenth, I was found unconscious in the middle of the road. and I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> yeah, I have no memory of it, but the only thing I can figure is that a deer must have come out and hit me because I was you know I went to the left to the middle of the road. I I had very little road rash, fractured clavicle, and was knocked unconscious. But I have retrograde amnesia, like I have no memory of anything happening until I woke up. And so there's my strange cycling story from just a, over a year ago, which is the 18th of September last year. Huh. But bouncing back, I was back on the trainer the day after I came home from the hospital. So <laughs> Because I'm out of my mind. And i had to <laughs> I'd be on the bike <laughs> with my arm in a sling on the trainer, pedaling the bike 30 miles. Oh, it man. could have been a
0: grouse. That's pretty wild. Nobody saw what happened or anything.
2: No one saw it. Just a woman and her son came upon me and, you know, called 911. But the bike wow. wasn't damaged. It was like I was driven into the ground. So the only thing yeah. I can figure is a deer must have come out. I know other people who have been hit by deer on their bikes. Wow. Gone down. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Wow. So do you guys have an opinion of Strava? I'd love
1: I love it and hate it. Yeah, agreed.
0: Wait, what'd you say?
2: I said, I love it and hate it. Why, because with everybody? Well, my wife has this quote written on a piece of paper laying on our kitchen table in the past few weeks. It says, comparison is the thief of joy. And <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much Strava. Because yeah. you see what other people are doing. Every day I see stuff. Oh, this guy, he went... He rode 50 today. I mean, like, why? What, what, what does it matter? I'm not, I'm not racing. I'm not, I'm just riding supposedly for pleasure, but. Yeah. Comparison takes the joy out of it.
1: The temptations you know, too because they make those leaderboards and the segment leaders and things like that. So yeah, right, it's right. tempting to try to, you see some of those names above you and you're like, that shouldn't be there. I should be faster than that. And then I agree. I I like it and I hate it at the same time.
2: And and that's how the cycling streak actually started. In 2019, I had ridden like, you know, 362 days or something or 360 days. And one of my friends said, oh, that's great, Tim. Next year, you should try to ride every day. And that put that in my head. (laughs) And (laughs) so not all of it's outside in the winter. I'm on a smart trainer, but and then outside if. It's nice on weekends or something during during the week. It gets dark pretty early because even though I'm retired, I have worked part time and now
1: I watch our grandson every day. So
0: congratulations on the grandchild, by the way. Oh, thank you.
1: I'm trying to convince my brother to get Strava because we want to compare, hold each other accountable that we're training. But he has it's not the
0: thief of joy. Ahead. Didn't you listen to what he just said?
1: Well, I, I shouldn't say compare. We want to hold each other accountable to train. Right. So that he can't say,
2: Oh yeah, I was out. And yeah. Not really happening."
0: <laughs> um, you know, I've never used Strava, but it's funny because my wife's uncle told me that some kind of record that he had for years just got broken. So there's definitely a lot of that. Competitiveness and comparison, for sure.
2: Use it to rob myself of joy by comparing with other people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we're running out of time, so I just want to say thank you, Tim, for joining us. We really appreciate it, and keep cycling.
2: Yeah, thank you. I will. You guys keep running.
0: American Wolfman, running out. Guys, remember to like and share on Facebook, follow on Instagram, support the show by clicking that little link that says support. Thank you for all those that have supported the show. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical healthcare advice. We are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. This podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice. The views expressed in this podcast may not be those of the hosts or the management.